With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Check us out at NotreDameFCU.com, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Special thanks goes out to our friends over at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting this show. I am Kyle Hyman, here with our good bishop, whom by the time people are hearing this episode, you'll be on your way or in Europe. Yes, I'm going on, I'm flying out on July 25th. I'm just arriving three days before our diocesan pilgrims, our 270 pilgrims. I'm so happy we have so many of our youth and young adults that will be going. Largest number we've had going to a World Youth Day by far. And I'm really looking forward to it. But I decided I'd like to go early to do a few days of retreat, Mm -hmm. little spiritual retreat at Fatima. So I fly out on the 25th, arrive on the morning of the 26th. And I'm just really excited about World Youth Day, but also about having a few days of prayer personally there at the shrine because I've only been there once. And the last time I was in Fatima was when I was a deacon. So that was 1982. And I was on my way to my diaconal assignment in Salamanca, Spain. Of course, you're wondering how you get, why, why, how would you go to Fatima going from Rome to Spain? But I had to go around Spain, okay. <laughs> around Northern Spain, down into Fatima. But I only had like a day there. So I don't even have good, you know, vivid memories so long ago. So I thought this would be great. And I've gotten to know Sister Angela de Fatima Cello, who's been in our diocese giving talks. She's a member of religious community that promotes the message of Fatima, and she lives right there. So they're providing me accommodations. As a matter of fact, when our youth come on um, that Sunday, July 30th, we're going to have mass in their convent chapel. It's very large, so we can okay. fit our 270. But, and it's right, it's within walking distance of the shrine. It's just, it's very close. And I saw her, she was visiting our diocese early July. And as I said, she's given talks in Fort Wayne, South Bend. So maybe some of the listeners has heard her. But she gave me a copy of her book. Oh my goodness, I hope I can think of the name. It has the word light in it, Into the Light. I don't want to say that because I'm not positive, but I'm about a third of the way through it, and it is really good. It goes more deeply into not just the message of Fatima, but especially the three children. I think I found it here. Inside the Light, Understanding the the Message of Fatima by Sister Angela de Fatima Colejo. I said Chero, but I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know Portuguese. She's Portuguese. I use the Latin, cello. Good, good. <laughs> I don't know how you say it in Portuguese. But she's a wonderful woman and a very holy woman. And she was the postulator for the cause of canonization of blessed, of, of St. Francisco and St. Jacinta. Uh-huh. So she knows them so well. And she also is the vice postulator for the cause of Sister Lucia, who just a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Pope Francis named venerable. So she's on her way to beatification. And she, Sister Angela, met a few times with Sister Lucia. So that's pretty amazing. So I I highly recommend that book. I mean, I'm a third, maybe half through it. And if I, I'll bring it with me on the plane because I just want to finish that Uh before I get there because it's brought out for me 
deeper meaning of the messages, but also how this affected these children. So I've, I've really found this book to be like the best thing I've ever read on Fatima. Hmm. And the way you say that is a way I've heard people talk about Fatima a lot, the messages of Fatima, which I don't hear about that, like the messages of Our Lady of Guadalupe or the messages of Our Lady of Lords. What is it about Fatima that, that has that connotation to it? Yeah, I think not only the secret or the three secrets of Fatima, it's really one secret, but it's three parts, which a lot of people focus on. But but all of her dialogues with the with the children, mm-hmm. they are, I mean, revealed to us about the Most Holy Trinity, the Holy Eucharist, of course, Our Lady. Not only the dialogues with Our Lady, but also the Angel of Peace that appeared to the children first. Mm. And then how this affected the children. So it's the messages, which are very important. Some are prophetic. That doesn't mean just predicting the future. Like even when we talk about the prophets of the Old Testament, it wasn't just predicting the future. It was also, you know, God revealing himself in in a special way to these children. And so it has relevance for for now, it's not just for the future, the the conversion. And inside the light, I mean, that's what happened. The children, you know, that image of light is so prominent. And with the angel and also with Mary, they were, the children were entered into this light, which was really the light of God, mm. the Holy Trinity. They were transformed and they were little children. And in a sense, how we're called to enter into the mysteries of our faith, especially through prayer and to live in God's light and, and how that transforms us and just getting into like how the children lived after that experience during and after the experience. Mm. That is something that the book really delves into and you can just see how they were sanctified how holy they were because of this special gift from God, this grace that they received at such a young age. And and they responded to that gift and were so deeply holy, even in the midst of opposition and everything else. They were just always filled with God's grace. And that included the experience of suffering that they had to endure. Of course, Jacinta and Francisco died at a very young age from that epidemic. And then Sister Lucia, of course, lived to a, a old age. And then her own life and her own personal reflections in, in her book, Sister Lucia's book, about the meaning of what happened. And she tells us a lot about Francisco and Jacinta. Hmm. And in her own uh, cloistered life, and then you know the interpret, you know Saint John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis, all of them very much impacted by the event of Fatima and mm-hmm. their own visits. As a matter of fact, Pope Francis is going to have his second visit as Pope to Fatima during World Youth. I think right after World Youth Day. So I don't. I I look forward to praying there. I look forward to bringing the intentions of our, the people of our diocese. So many people ask me for prayers 
and I have all of those in my heart. So to pray at the chapel of the apparitions and for those intentions. And then when our youth arrive that Sunday, uh, July 30th, I'll be celebrating the mass with them at the convent chapel. And then I've asked Sister Angela to give them a talk. Hmm. And then we'll we'll go and walk through the shrine and visit the places, the basilica and the chapel of the apparitions and the, the site where the angel of peace appeared to the children and I guess their houses. I mean, they're only going to be there a day. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there's going to be tens of thousands of people there that right. day because a lot of youth from around the world, it's like two days before World Youth Day begins in Lisbon. So I think there'll be a lot of people. And then the next day, we're also going to, on Monday, the 31st of July, we're going to be visiting a couple monasteries, very historic, and also the the town of Santarem and have mass in a church where there was one of the Eucharistic miracles. Mm. So I'll have that mass as well. And then in Lisbon on Tuesday, the World Youth Day begins in the evening with a mass celebrated by the Archbishop of Lisbon. It's called the Patriarch. It's so Portugal was so important in church history that the Archbishop of Lisbon has the title Patriarch. And then Pope Francis arrives on Wednesday, and he will have, there'll be a big opening ceremony and welcome of uh-huh. Pope Francis. The succeeding three days, well, actually Wednesday, earlier in the day, because the Pope is not welcomed until the evening, but Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are catechesis days. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked to be the lead bishop at two of them on Thursday and Friday, Thursday in English and Friday in Spanish. And they are like a full morning. I think it's nine to one where all the youth are like assigned to churches all over Fatima and auditoriums and halls. And Uh so we will be, and and I won't be with our group unless by coincidence I am, I'm assigned by by the Vatican to wherever. Uh So, that's the only unfortunate thing. I wish I could, that our young people would be at the catechetical yeah. session that I'm at. But I mean, maybe it'll happen, but I yeah. think it's unlikely. They are called Rise Up Conferences. So that's an important part of the uh, World Youth Day experience. This is a lot different than prior World Youth Days because in prior, and I've done this at early, I think it was in Krakow, where I gave catechetical sessions. So, but, you know, that was a couple you know, longer talks. Well, now the way Pope Francis wants it is it's going to be much more interactive. Mm. So the young people themselves will be, you know, giving talks, et cetera, not just the bishop. And after they all give their talks or questions or whatever, the bishop, in this case, I would have to then kind of synthesize Mm. what they've said and then give my own reflections and then celebrate mass and preach the homily. So this is new. I don't know how it's going to go. I yeah. hope it goes well. And then on Friday, typically in World Youth Days, we have the Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. So the Pope will lead that. And then on Saturday is the Great Vigil. At the evening, everyone goes to this for a, a vigil with the Pope where there's prayers and singing, Eucharistic adoration. That's always very powerful. Mm-hmm. I've always loved those but they have to walk several miles to the site. Uh Usually it's a little bit out 
on the outskirts because you need a really big area for this. And then the next morning, Sunday morning, the Pope celebrates Mass and that out on that same field because the kids are sleeping on the ground uh-huh. and the bishops aren't. We, okay. we're, we're transported back to the hotel. Yeah. Thanks be to God. <laughs> You're not taking your tent? <laughs> no. I could, but <laughs> anyhow. And then so it ends after that mass and we'll be flying out on Monday, August 8th, flying back home. So I'm anxious. And we have some people from our communications office uh-huh. who will be there, who will be able to keep the faithful informed yep. back home with photos and videos. And, and I think that's great because then people in our diocese can also kind of participate and see what we're doing and join in some of the prayer and liturgies. Yeah. I think Josh was telling me they're going to try to post a video each day. I, I told him that's a lot of work to like film and edit a video and post it. But I imagine follow Facebook and all the social media channels. And yeah, I'll be excited to see what happens. Even if it is realistically, I, I'm expecting it to be delayed a few days. But <laughs> Are you able to do it on Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be... We'll be following and, and checking in. Yeah, for sure. I went to World Youth Day Toronto. Okay. Were you there? No, I wasn't. My okay. first one was Sydney. Okay. In 2008. I, I seem to remember we were we took radios so that we could listen to an English translation to things. Do they do something like that? A these? lot on through the cell phones. Oh, yeah, sure. It's cell phones. And I don't, I'm not good at that, to be uh-huh. honest. <laughs> you know, like all the technology, but the young people are so good with it. Yeah. But I think a lot of... I, I, I've read that a lot of like communications will be done through the okay. smartphones. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, good. And I think even instead of like programs and stuff with music for the masses, and that, I think it's going to be all on the phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all the lyrics for songs and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Huh. Well, this is exciting and such a big group and it'll be fun to hear how it goes. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the updates and, and hearing how things go. What, what, what's your talk on for the, the, the catechetical days? Yeah. Well, actually it's going to be kind of more extemporaneous. It's going to be based on what the young people okay. are saying. You don't so, have any guidance on what they're no, going to be saying. I mean, I'll pray my, I'll, I'll have my homilies for the mass. I'll prepare sure. those ahead yeah. of time, but, but there's also a theme for each of those days. Uh-huh. And so I can prepare in a way by reflecting on the theme. Yeah. But the only problem, I mean, I, and I will, I haven't, I can't really say what it is. I mean, I have them, but I haven't had time to work, to read and, and think and pray about them yet. But I'll do that when I'm in Fatima Great. as a yeah. way to prepare, because I think they are themes that Pope Francis himself chose. Mm-hmm. And some of it is from his own writings. I mean, the theme of the overall World Youth Day is that Mary went with haste. Mm to visit her cousin Elizabeth. So the, that scene of the visitation. So that idea of getting up and going in haste, that's one of the reasons why those confer- the, the three catechetical days are called rise up days. So that's the general theme is to get up, to rise up like Mary did. And she went, you know, after she received the message of the angel and after she conceived our Lord in her womb, she went to assist her cousin Elizabeth in her pregnancy. So I think that theme of rising up also 
Pope Francis has written about in other contexts as well, you know, Jesus raising up the dead and Mm -hmm. things like that, how the Lord wants us to rise up. And that's what he's basically calling the young people to do. So somehow each of the themes will relate to that major theme. of So it has that Marian dimension to the whole World Youth Day this year. Mm-hmm. And then for the Mass with the Pope, do all of the bishops and priests that are there, they can celebrate that Mass? Yes, yes. And, that's, and also all of the events with the Pope, the welcoming ceremony, Stations of the Cross, the Saturday night vigil, and the final Mass— we are up there with the Pope in, you know, in the front of the, the people. And that's one of the reasons why we have a different lodging because we, for all those events, we have to be on special buses and the security is incredible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I remember in Panama and I think also in, in Krakow, I don't remember Madrid, like we we're transport like four hours before the event. I mean, it's, and there's all kinds of security, yeah. and then you know, then you're out there in the hot sun waiting. So I'm kind of prepared for that now. Of course, I don't know how hot it's going to be. I mean, Madrid was really hot, uh-huh. but Portugal, and of course, there's a heat wave across Southern Europe. But I don't think Portugal is as bad because it's right there on the Atlantic. So I think there's some breezes. Okay. Um, we'll see. Yeah, little bit of hardships, nothing big. <laughs> So, just so, for, we always just have to drink a lot of water usually at these yeah, events. Yeah. So am I counting, is this your fifth World Youth Day then? Yeah, Sydney, Madrid, Krakow, Panama. Yeah, this is the fifth. Okay. Yeah, so I was never at one until I was a bishop. Yeah. So after I was ordained a bishop, Pope Benedict had World Youth Day in Cologne, Germany, and that was already planned under John Paul. But then mm-hmm. when he died, Pope Francis went, and I had just become bishop in 04, I think it was in 05, I think, or 06. So I never really had chance to prepare. And the Dice of Harrisburg didn't have a group going. Uh-huh. But then I said, well, for the next one, we'll have a group. And, you know, that was my first. I organized the trip to Sydney, Australia. Uh-huh. And, and each one is unique. Each one has been great. I learned after the first one in Sydney they had what are called days in the diocese where groups would from around the world would go some days earlier just to experience the country and oh, sure. pray and visit shrines, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we were assigned to a diocese, I think it was like four or five hours from Sydney. Uh-huh. And we had been on flights for 40 hours because, you know, to get cheap rates. Uh-huh. We went, I think, to Phoenix, to LA, LA, to New Zealand, New Zealand, to Sydney. I was, we were all like <laughs> so tired. Yeah. And when we got there, we arrived in Sydney on July 9th, which was the 25th anniversary of my ordination to the priesthood. Okay. I don't even, and I celebrated my 25th anniversary mass after that 40, 40 hours. Well, actually after, and then the five hour bus ride to this diocese. <laughs> And I remember I was just like a zombie, yeah. you know, but we were there a few days in this diocese and it was, wasn't really great because there just wasn't, it wasn't really well-planned by that diocese and it wasn't very vibrant or anything. I mean, we mm. went to, so 
We tried to do what we could. I mean, basically, we went and saw kangaroos and koala bears <laughs> at a zoo. Uh-huh. And, but spiritually, it wasn't that great. So now when we got to Sydney, it was great. So then I said at that point, well, I'm not doing this in the future where we just rely on whoever for these days in the diocese. So from beginning with Madrid, then we planned our own pilgrimage beforehand so that when we went to Madrid, we began in Lourdes Mm -hmm. and then we went to Loyola and then to Burgos. And so it was like a real pilgrimage. And then to Madrid, the kids loved it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's a very interesting World Youth Day. When we did the evaluations afterwards, when we asked what was your favorite thing about World Youth Day, Uh it was the visit to Lourdes Mm. by far. Mm. And that wasn't really World Youth Day. World Youth Day was in Madrid. But their favorite thing was the two days we had in Lourdes. And then Mm. in Krakow, we also did our own itinerary. We landed in Warsaw and we visited the church where blessed Jersey Popoljushko is buried, martyred priest during Soviet era, and worked our way down, visited Chestahova, had mass there, our lady Chestahova, visited the birthplace and hometown of, of Pope John Paul II, Vadovice, and Calvaria, where he used to go to pray. And, and then we went to the Divine Mercy Shrine. So that was a great preparation for World Youth Day in mm-hmm. Krakow. Then in Panama, it was a little more difficult because there wasn't a lot of like religious sites to go to. So we did go prior to World Youth Day. We went to see the Panama Canal and went to a tropical rainforest. So each place is a little different, yeah. you know. And then in as I mentioned, we're just going to have really those two days prior to World Youth Day in Lisbon, the day in Fatima, and then the day in a couple monasteries very historic, beautiful monasteries and in the town of Santarem where the Eucharistic miracle was. So, but now I really like doing that where we have our, we plan our own itinerary Mm -hmm. prior to, to going prior to the actual world use day. It's a little expensive. I mean, it would have been nice to spend like four or five days visiting in Portugal, but to keep the prices down mm-hmm. because especially the cost of flights today, yeah. we, we only have the two days prior to the opening. The Eucharistic miracle that you mentioned, any, any you can share about that? I read about it about a year ago and I'm going to have to read about it again because okay. I don't remember the details, but that would be good to share I'm sure I'll be preaching about it when I'm there. Yeah. But that's one of the things in my preparations. Sure, I don't sure. remember. It was a it was a bit odd if I I mean I kind of vaguely remember it had something to do with a a woman who brought the host home with her oh. and yeah, and that was obviously wrong. And yeah. then I think it either blood or turned to flesh or something and you know, and but um, we will yeah, I'll have to look okay. into that. Yeah. Or Look. you can do a little Google search now and find and read about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, both, both. We can we can research this ahead of time and then maybe get your thoughts whenever you get back as well. Sure. But yeah, thanks for sharing about this trip, and we'll definitely keep all of the pilgrims in our prayers, and and please keep us all in your prayers when you're there as well. I will. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop. I have a safe trip and look forward to to following it and hearing more when you get back. Can we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. 
Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Father. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's engineered by Josh Skipper at the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend, produced by Miriam Schmitz and edited by Tony Marks for Spoke Street Media. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.